on? I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to uh, Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And I'll say hello to everybody. I am tuning in live from Iceland. And uh, it is a cool place. And uh, I wish my wife was here. My wife is um, joining me for another Pillow Talk tonight. And how are you doing today, baby? I'm doing great. What time is it there? <laughs> it is actually like 1, 8, 1 15 in the morning. But it's only uh, eight, eight fourteen where you live, which is kind of nuts, kind of crazy, right? Kind of crazy, big time, big time switch. And uh, and uh, by the way, everybody, as you come in, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I want to remind everybody real quick: you are watching Pillow Talk with Doctor Boyce and Doctor Alicia Watkins. My name is Doctor Boyce Watkins, and I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. My wife, Doctor Alicia, is a licensed licensed therapist and a full professor of social work, and uh, we do pillow talks to allow us to have intelligent conversations and fun conversations about interesting things that are happening in the black community. But we like to elevate and kind of talk about some things that uh, in a way that helps us learn, helps us grow. You know, I mean, we are college professors. We're supposed to be teaching somebody. Right. Right. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, first of all, put your shout out your city uh, before I even ask that question. I want to greet everybody. <clears throat> so Dylan Marks, Dylan out of Houston, Justin Pender, Jerry Early out of L.A., Big D, uh, how you doing? Uh, did you, am I Big D or, or I, I'm not Big D? My, my name is Star D. Uh, Justin Pender, New York City, Jermaine Trusty, Camden, New Jersey, Khaled from Buffalo. Uh, you're gonna be getting snow in about a week. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I see uh, Bridget Hunter, good to see you. Uh, put your B1s in the chat and uh, let, let's get it cracking. Let's get started here. Um, so how many of you give me a yes or no? Give me a yes or no to this question. How many of you heard uh, about this uh, crazy lawsuit with Lizzo? Uh, Lizzo is involved in a lawsuit that is uh, pretty messy. Um, it is uh, you would some would say a little bit embarrassing because it's a uh, it, it's you know so there's some nasty allegations being tossed around. And uh, how many of you saw this? It's it's become kind of like national news. Uh, a lot of people are discussing it, and uh, and I was curious to know what intelligent black people think. Uh, and uh, and th and there's also a lesson. There's always something beneath uh, the main topic that's worth. Discussing. If it's not there, we're not even going to talk about it. Uh, so how many of you saw what was going on here with this lawsuit? Daniel Daniel says yes. Stacey Owens says yes. Uh, let's see. I see Jackie out of North Carolina. James Keller, good to see you. Jerry Early says no. Uh, Q, o, Q Sosa says I haven't seen it. Okay, just hearing this as Lady Shay. All right, well, here's what happened. So Lizzo uh, is basically being sued because uh, there are dancers who are allegedly claiming that she – allegedly, you know, you got to say allegedly because, you know, it's, it's, it's a lawsuit. People say things, you know, whatever, but they're claiming that she uh, isn't quite the person that everybody thinks she is. And of course, but that's what they always say in lawsuits. They always say, you know, you're terrible. You're, you're, you're a crook. You're, you did horrible things. Um, and more specifically, uh, they are basically kind of saying that she and her team were just abusive uh, toward uh, some of the saints, some of the dancers uh, that she performed with, that she was, I guess, you know, kind of doing some things that they, I saw the word harassment uh, used a lot. They said three former backup dancers alleged in a lawsuit. The singer created a hostile work environment and pressured staff at after parties. Three of Lizzo's tour dancers have accused the singer of sexual harassment and create and of creating a hostile work environment through sexual racial 
and religious harassment in several incidents between 2021 and 2023, according to a lawsuit filed Tuesday. The dancers also alleged that Lizzo, known as an advocate for body positivity and self-love, criticized a dancer's recent weight gain. So they're accusing Lizzo of body shaming, which is kind of crazy that they should be accused of something like that. Now, uh, without me uh, over talking that issue right there, I want to go back to my wonderful wife and ask her, uh, what are your thoughts on this in terms of when you first heard about uh, this lawsuit? I got a bunch of different thoughts and I have a bunch of different angles of looking at it. And um, I thought when you go on tour, it was supposed to be a wild, crazy time. I thought that's why we look up to rock stars and performers because it's not going to be a professional place where we got, you know, where we have EEOC and we got all of this stuff. It's almost like entertainers are in this space where there are no rules and everything is run amok. And I don't know, I'm thinking about like the eighties and how, um, you know, it was just like a wild, crazy time as a rock star. So going on tour, I thought it was supposed to be just insane drugs and sex and women and men everywhere. And you know, that that's my impression. So I, it sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a typical concert, but I think, um, now we're getting into the age of we kind of need to bring it in a little bit because we're going to out you. We're going to talk about what happens behind closed doors. And remember, what, who are the roadies? Remember, who are the people that like, they're like fans and they love you and they just go on tour with you and it's nothing but cocaine everywhere. I mean, you know, it's like crazy stuff, right? Crazy stuff happens. And then they're old and they reminisce about what happened in the 60s and 70s when things are kind of crazy. So it just seemed like to me, this is like, yeah, it's a crazy time when you're on the road. That's just my initial thoughts. I got other thoughts, but I'll leave it there. Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, um, <laughs> and I'll read more details. Groupies, of the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah the groupies. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to read more of the details of the lawsuit because I, I think it's just out of fairness. I, I think that it's important to kind of think through some of the details and then and then also really it's not about sort of talking about what's going on with the celebrity i think it's worth discussing uh some of the problems that like th this is something i predicted i i, I it, it wasn't like i would have predicted it because i'm super smart or anything like that um i would have predicted it just because of the position that lizzo was in you know i think lizzo's in a really tough spot um i think that when you are presented to the world as as an advocate for some oppressed group of people and a traumatized group of people, I think you you're there's a good chance you could be eaten by the people that you are protecting. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're 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 helping take care of lions in, in your house. And one day one of the lions gets mad and decides he wants to have you for dinner. And uh, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, when I was reading through the suit, I, I it's an easy target in the sense of kind of saying, you know, I OK, you know, I'm mad at Lizzo. Maybe Lizzo fired me. I think a couple of the dancers have been fired or something like that. So I'm going to not just sue her, but I'm going to try to destroy her by saying that she's the exact opposite of everything that she has claimed to be. Now, again, I have had an issue with Lizzo's record label for a long time. I, I don't like the um, I don't like the idea of a black woman being tossed around to the world in a way that fulfills a lot of stereotypes. We'll talk about that again later. And I took some heat for that. I got I got heat because white media, racist media wanted to interpret that as a black man attacking a black woman. That's a narrative that they love to push in order to pursue their 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 agenda. But I wasn't really saying that Lizzo isn't talented, that she's not a beautiful lady. I just said, I don't really know why 
uh, the shenanigans have to be there too. You know, uh, she plays the flute. So do you, she's beautiful. So are you, but I, you know, I'd probably be concerned if my wife had to twerk while she was playing the flute. When white women don't have to twerk while they play the flute, white women could just show up and play the flute and that's it. Uh, you know, and then, but it's like with the black woman, it's sort of like, you know, you gotta be doing this, these crazy things. And I'm gonna tell you over here in Iceland, y'all need to understand um, in Iceland, I was playing basketball today and literally they were playing music the entire time. It was nothing but African-American hip hop music. And it was raunchy, nasty, crazy, you know, what the woman, the women that were rapping were rapping about their vaginas and everything else. And I said, this is kind of interesting because they don't really have a lot of black people that they see on a regular basis, but this is the image that they have of African-Americans. So they're literally destroying your image worldwide, which means that if they were to come and exterminate you, which they kind of have tried to do through mass incarceration, destroying your families, putting drugs in your communities, the rest of the world would get it. They'd say, oh, okay. Yeah. I know why you would kill those people because look at what they do. So anyway, uh, I know I said a lot, uh, so, so what, so, so what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that there's, do you think that this is something, that there's something, you know, to this lawsuit or, or what are your thoughts? Just, you know, I mean, I'm not a woman, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of this. Yeah. I mean, okay. So another thought that I had, you know, um, if in fact, um, there seems like there's, it's systematic, it was something systematic, really toxic going on with her tour group that made a lot of people feel uncomfortable and, she thought she was having fun and come to find out those people were not having fun. They walked away feeling violated. Um, then she might be in some trouble. And um, I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, I really do think um, that we need to kind of tighten up a little bit. I kind of think that we should. Um, I would hate for people, um, anybody. I mean, I have, I have a dancer in the house, you know, I would hate for her to have to go on tour and then, you know, come back and it's like, mom, it was a big mess on that tour. And um, it's interesting because um, I have a friend, there's a friend of a friend of the family who went on tour, who was a dancer for R. Kelly. And I spoke to her and I said, what was it like touring with R. Kelly? Would you believe, you know what she said? She said he was the best, he, she, she has danced for all different artists, okay? She said he was the best person to go on tour with. He took care of his dancers very well. He was very respectful. He paid everybody, made sure everybody got their money, made sure everybody was sat. Actually, he kind of did overkill because they had to end the tour early because of issues. I think it was, maybe it was he and Jay-Z or it something. Was, it was Jay -Z. I, I remember when the tour, the tour ended because yeah. they, they had an issue. I remember that. Yeah. And I think the problem was that the people, um, they thought they were going on tour for the next six months. So they ended their lease. All his dancers and crew had nowhere to live because they canceled, you know, they were like, oh, I'm going to be on tour. I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to move out and not renew my lease. And so a lot of people were left homeless and he um, he gave them housing. He gave them housing. I mean, wow. like, he went above and beyond. And I mean, it's really interesting, um, you know, so rumors get out, you know, don't think your your reputation follows you around and people have these experiences. I don't know if it's going to lead up to the experience of an actual lawsuit, but your reputation gets out and people will say, don't tour with him because he's going to be a mess. Don't tour with her. She's hard to deal with. She's a diva, you know? And so you do have to be mindful of your reputation. So I think that's what I have to say about that.
with, uh, well, with Lizzo. Well, mm-hmm. well b- by the way, everybody, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, if you could take one second, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And I want to let you guys know, uh, I think I, I've earned my way to being officially shadow banned on most of these, on, on, at least on YouTube. So really? it's very hard for me to let my, you know, 1.2 million total subscribers know when we're live. So if you want to be notified, if you want to know for sure when we go live, uh, just um, hit the notification bell. Also, uh, get, feel free to get on our text list. Uh, just text the word stock to 31996. I'll send you a list of AI stocks that I love, as well as the $5 a day investing plan. Also, Dr. Alicia, you can find her website and what she does. Uh, she sees clients on a regular basis every single day. She's always seeing clients or almost every day. Uh, and so if you'd like to learn more about what she does, uh, just go to coachingwithdralicia.com. So Vic, you said you got the notification. Okay, great. So uh, I think if you hit the notification bell, hopefully that will work. And uh, y'all can let me know if the notifications go out. That way we can know what's going on here. Uh, all right. So let me read more of this lawsuit. Uh, we we're talking about Lizzo and in uh, this messy, messy lawsuit that she is in. Um, and uh, what I'm going to do is kind of pull up uh, some of this and just sort of read this more this to you. The dancers alleged that Lizzo uh, criticized the dancers' weight gain. According to the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles, first reported by NBC, Lizzo allegedly pressured one dancer to touch a nude performer at a club in Amsterdam and subjected several dancers to an excruciating 12-hour audition after making false accusations that they drank while working. So they're, they're, I guess they're, they're claiming that she abused them uh, by making them uh, do a 12-hour audition. Additionally, the suit alleges that Lizzo's dance captain, Charlene Quigley, who I guess also is being named in the lawsuit, pushed her Christian beliefs upon other performers and denigrated those who had premarital sex while also simulating oral sex, sharing lewd sexual fantasies, and discussing one performer's virginity. Wow. So so this suit seems to be claiming that they were just getting kind of kind of wild and and ratchet on the tour that uh, it sounds to me, babe, like they, um, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's interesting to me. How many of y'all give me a yes or no? How many of y'all think Lizzo is would be considered a raunchy performer? How many of y'all would would, would consider Lizzo uh, to be a person who markets sexuality? Would anybody say? You know, uh, that Lizzo and the way she brands herself, uh, you know, it kind of is in alignment with a very sexualized image. Would anybody agree? Okay, and uh, and let me just give you some more perspective. And I'm just trying to say this objectively and I want to be objective. Lizzo was also on TikTok. TikTok is an app that attracts a lot of young people. And she was on TikTok on her knees in front of a man pretending to do things that grownups do. Uh, if you know what I mean, uh, how many of y'all think that that's, you know, that, 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 that's a little inappropriate, that that's not cool. That's a little, a little bit edgy. If you want to call it that, uh, give me a yes or no. All right. So, so the other thing, um, Lizzo went to a Lakers game and y'all might remember, uh, she showed up to the Lakers game, uh, with a thong on. And when people complained about her thong, they said, okay, children are here. You're in public. This is not appropriate. She she then starts twerking, right? She's twerking to kind of say, ha ha, I'm here. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Body positivity in your face, whatever. Okay, give me a guess if you if you think that's a little bit of a problem. So so here's what I'm getting at. My point is that none of this really surprises me because when you have kind of a ratchet environment, 
a highly sexualized environment, an environment where anything goes, it's it's crazy to me that there's this lawsuit where people are saying, you know, that I was so shocked when they talked to me about sex. Well, that, that's all they do. They all they do is sing and dance about sex. Everything's sex, you know, with Lizzo. And that's the problem. I think Lizzo is a beautiful young woman who probably can do things other than twerk and, you know, and, and all this other stuff they have her out here doing all this buffoonery, um, you know, and so, so the lawsuit, it's kind of crazy we, that we live in this world where you can go to a job every day. You know what it makes you think about, babe? It makes me almost think about like imagining like a hooker suing for sexual harassment. But you're a hooker. I'm going to stop. But it's permission. Right, right. You, permission, absolutely. It's permission. Absolutely. But still, the it gets blurry. You That's need a, to have. I, you need to have. Right. You it, need to have a, a. What do they call it? A word, like a word you can use when you've had enough. <laughs> your, you your, have, safe, your safe word. Safe word. You need to have a safe word. Like for real, have a safe word. Like if I've gone too far, you know, talk about donuts, and then I'll know to slow it down, <laughs> you know, or to cut it off. You need something to indicate permission and that's the thing like people have their personal boundaries and dance is an art i know this because i got a dancer in the house it is an art form you're expressing yourself not through words but through your body and you and so there's many different ways to express yourself through your body but you know when you're in a position where you don't have control over it anymore and you feel like someone is violating you in a way that makes you extremely uncomfortable and put you in a position and okay these things happen but when you use your safe word and you tell people okay i don't want to do this but i'm willing to go this far the people around you need to respect that and if if it's not like that then yeah you're it's a it's a it's a place of business and um i and again your reputation uh, follows you. I mean, what, look what happened to Ellen DeGeneres and some of these other people who are who are have, people have come down on them about them overstepping their boundaries in terms of harassing individuals and making people feel terrible. I mean, dancers are excited to get a gig. You know, they really and so to be able to speak up and to say, you know, I don't like this. That's tough for dancers to do because you don't want a reputation of being a whiny person that won't get on board and be part of the team. So it is a tough power dynamic when the person who's paying you, the person who's like, you know, to put that on your resume, I toured with Lizzo, that's a big deal. And um, I went to Beyonce Renaissance tour and she has a, a plus size woman who's up there dancing. It was beautiful to see her dance. And I remember I kept thinking, if this lady is dancing, for hours and sweating, it seemed like she'd lose weight, but I don't know. I don't know. It just made me think like, if I was up there dancing, I know it I'd be is like. Impressive when somebody can keep all that weight on and do all that dancing. And, and she was light on her feet. That lady could really move. I was quite impressed. So she was very flexible. I mean, so it's a beautiful thing. And some people don't have the traditional body type for dancing. And it's okay. You can still get up there and make money you know, performing an art form. Dance is a, dance and music is a beautiful art form of which the rest of us as in the public can pay money to go to a concert and 
see people express themselves in a way that's pure about who and what they are and the many aspects of who we are. It's a beautiful thing. That's why concerts are big. <laughs> people love okay. it. I can escape from my day-to-day -day life and go and see this performance that, and I leave from that performance feeling good about myself. So I don't want to see a performance where the dancers are being tortured and the individuals on tour are being harassed and they're stuck in a difficult place. So I think mm. Lizzo has Lizzo has an issue on her hand and she's a very, she she's not the most stable person based on what we've seen. She's been crying online and, you know, she's had a lot of, um, she's, I think she's probably overshared. She overshares a little bit online. And so I hate to think about um, what she's going through now, but mm. she has an issue. Well, by the way, you're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And I want to say, uh, I saw somebody, uh, only Pamela, she says, uh, hey, Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia, how you doing, sister? Good to see you. Uh, and Pillow Talk is where we get together and try to have intelligent conversations and fun conversations about things happening in our community. So if you are black and intelligent and this is your thing, then uh, you should definitely join us. And also this podcast is on Spotify. We just crossed a million downloads on Spotify. What? What? We did this? Yes. Independent, independent black owned. We, we fund all this ourselves. So, um, you know, I know some people, <laughs> some people have said, you you know, you secretly get money from the Jews. No, no, I wish, wish that we're, I wish we could get some of the money. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we, but we did this on our own and we're able to reach a lot of people around the world and, uh, and we're really happy we're and proud and, and, and honored that you are part of it. So if you want to find us on Spotify, just look up my name, Boyce Watkins on Spotify. Uh, also, um, my book, the 10 commandments of black economic power. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com. Uh, our kids actually ship we'll ship the book to your house. Uh, we run, we run a family owned business and, um, and the, we got the children to work and they, they're out here doing their thing and we want to prepare them for the future. And so I hope that you will also consider doing with your own children. And also I want to mention that my wife has a wellness retreat. Uh, you know, she's a, um, a therapist, a licensed therapist, a certified trauma professional, and also a full professor of social work. She's doing a wellness retreat. It's digital and she has dropped the price so much that, um, that, you know, if this is the healing that you want, this is your chance to get it at a reduced price. Uh, it's, so it's going to be August 5th. Is that right? 5th and 6th. Is that correct, babe? That, this, this Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And this Saturday. So oh, boy, much I, I find I have been putting this together has given me so much joy putting it together. Oh. I sent you the workbook today. Did you see it, boys? I did. I did it was see a draft. It. I'll send you the yes. final product later on, but yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Let me tell you about my wife. She is a hard working lady. <laughs> like, like I literally say, I'll literally say something like, you know, I think it would help people if you created a workbook on, on this topic and she'll have the thing done in a week. She reads 22 books a year. She works out every single day. I work out about maybe three days a week, maybe four. She works out every single day. So shout out to the hardworking black women. You know, um, I, I, I have so much respect for that. So anyway, if you'd like to join the retreat, just go to DrAliciaWellness.com. That's DrAliciaWellness.com. So, all right, so let's get back into So we're talking about Lizzo and uh, this crazy lawsuit. And uh, and what I, what I want to do is uh, I'm going to uh, give a few more details because there were a couple other things in the lawsuit that kind of tripped me out a little bit. That kind of had me like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. The, you know, because there was talk, you know, about uh, people going on stage and being forced to do things that were really uncomfortable. Like there was talk about, 
uh, uh, one of the dancers alleges in the lawsuit. And I want to say alleged because in lawsuits, lawyers really do their best to make it look as crazy as possible. Uh, and so when Lizzo's dancers, three of her dancers, I, and I think a couple of them have been fired. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I got to go double check that. So don't don't quote me on that. But uh, they uh, were suing are suing her and uh, and claiming harassment, things like that. And so one of the things that they talked about was a show in Amsterdam. And in the show in Amsterdam, there was discussions about being on stage and, and, and one of the dancers claiming that she was forced to. Uh, uh, I think they said eat a banana that was coming out of somebody's crotch, out of somebody's vagina. I gotta go double check that. May, you know, I gotta. Tell, I could. I read it. It's. It's like I'm remembering what I read, but it's like so crazy that I can't believe I'm, I have to be wrong. Uh, and there was talks about a security guard that was that they claim Lizzo pressured him to get on stage, and then uh, started yelling, "Take it off! Take it off! Take it off!" And he was getting spanked and whipped by somebody on the stage or something like that. And, uh, and then there's something about a dildo on stage. So, again, you're, you're talking about a real low vibrational kind of thing, you know, almost primitive, you know, in a way like a like almost like a female version of a crazy frat party where uh, they say things got out of hand and now they're 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 suing. So so what do you think about that? I mean, at what point is enough kind of enough? I mean, I know that everybody is selling everybody's selling. Uh, you know, selling uh, coochie these days. And um, am I still there? Can you hear me? I hope you can hear me. I'm, I can I'm gonna, hear you. I can okay, hear you. Okay, I'm gonna have to switch You're out. You're frozen, my... but I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the other voice so that so we can we can have a good connection. Sorry for that, everybody. Um, but I know everybody's selling cooch these days, and and it's it now costs like a dollar ninety five at the grocery store. Um, I'm one of those naive sucker simps who uh, remembers the days where you had to earn access to a woman's body, but now apparently they've commodified it. They made it as cheap as like buying like old used tires or or a bag of Cheetos, and and I just really think that it, it feels it feels like a race to the bottom. You know what I mean? It feels like it's like okay, it's easy. Anybody can figure out. Okay, sex sells. So let's just be raunchier than the next person. And I do you feel like that's kind of I feel like that's got to be so much pressure on the black women who want to be performers, because it's like if you just show up with talent, that's not going to be seen or respected in the same way as if you show up kind of offering any and everything up for sale. What do you think? Two thoughts. Number one, this is so reminiscent of Miranda Sings. Remember Colleen Bollinger when we talked did a pillow talk on her and all the crazy things she was doing on tour and I was wondering like why was no one oh, checking yeah. her on this? You're talking about that that white lady who was literally working with Nickelodeon and was being yeah. accused of gro of grooming children. She was grooming. Yeah. I mean, unless you can create text messages from people, like those kids are all grown up and they're like. They're screen. They're making screenshots of text messages of clear. It's clearly she was grooming, which is illegal, by the way. And she's like doing all sorts of crazy stuff on stage, which there's camera. I mean, the evidence is amazing, is overwhelming against this lady. It's alleged, of course, because you know what do we know? But they got pretty um, compelling evidence that this was what was happening. Also, with a, and, and just, uh, just in case y'all don't know. Um... Colleen Ballinger, and we got we got to update people because not everybody knows who she is. She's a a, a white performer who was uh, accused of grooming children, and uh, she's a great singer. And apparently, she's pretty funny. And she is um she's I call her the female Pee Wee Herman, which by the way, Pee Wee Herman died 
just yesterday. Pee Wee Herman died? Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, but she reminds you. Uh huh. No, I said R.I.P. to Pee Wee. But here's Colleen, Ball- here's Colleen Ballinger. Like, she's a great singer. And if you see here, you'll see that she's she's gone to, like, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards and things like that. And, uh, you know, and there were some pretty disturbing text messages from between her and some of the kids that she, I guess, um, that follow her that, you know, where they're claiming that she was doing some things she shouldn't have been doing. And so, so back to Lizzo. So Lizzo. Back to Lizzo. So it just reminds okay, so, so wait, me. Let me let me reiterate just as you go forward, though. Uh, those who just came in, Lizzo's being sued by I I believe three of her dancers uh, who are claiming religious and sexual and racial harassment. I'm, I haven't gotten to the racial part. I just want to mention that for anybody that just came in. But so go ahead, babe. Sorry about that. No, it just reminds me of like things are coming out, things that are hidden are coming out in the open, and people are gonna have to answer to it. So that was the first thing I thought about. And yeah, it makes sense. I mean, we think about talent, you know, and and it also reminds me of India Irie, who's getting a lot of heat recently because she's been speaking out about some of the things that she's seeing and people are coming down on her like crazy. And she's one of the greatest, you know, and I'm, I'm glad she's speaking up and speaking out, but she's doing it from such a beautiful place. It's not like she's talking bad about people talking down. She's just sharing her voice. She's sharing her perspective, and I think that's beautiful. So those are my two my two thoughts about, um, you know, about what you just talked about in the article. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me read more of the lawsuit. Um, so uh, the suit uh, names Lizzo legal name Melissa Vivian Jefferson. Did y'all? How many of y'all knew her name was Melissa Jefferson? You know, Melissa Jefferson happens to be one of the fastest women on earth. She actually ran on the world championship four by 100 meter relay team. I wonder if she knows she has the same name as Lizzo. That's just a little fun fact. Um, her production company, Big Girl, it's G-R-R-L, or L, Big Girl, big, uh, sorry, Big Girl, Big Touring Inc. And Quigley, uh, which is uh, her, her former dance captain, are named as defendants. The claims include sexual harassment, creation of a hostile work environment, false imprisonment, and interference with the perspective with prospective economic damage. Not every claim was brought against each defendant. Quote, the stunning nature of how Lizzo and her management team treated their performers seems to go against everything Lizzo stands for publicly, while privately she weight shames her dancers and demeans them, uh, etc. Uh, the suit all details an incident at an Amsterdam club. Listen to this, y'all. This is crazy. Earlier this year, in which the singer allegedly, quote, began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers, catching dildos launched from the performers' um, hotspots, if you know what I mean. How do you launch? How do you launch a? How do you do that? How do you launch? I, let me stop. You're having a crazy time on tour. You yeah, Lizzo, I, and we never know what you're gonna see. <laughs> you see all Lizzo is stuff. launching rockets tomorrow. <laughs> Lizzo's launching dildos out of people's coochies. Okay, all right. Um, listen to this and eating bananas protruding from the performers' vaginas. That's freaky <laughs> stuff, <laughs> right? The suit says Lizzo allegedly pressured Davis to touch the nude breasts of one performer and began goading her when she refused. When Davis eventually acquiesced, the group burst into laughter, the suit claimed. Lizzo then allegedly pressured a member of her security staff to get on stage and yell, take it off. Plaintiffs were aghast with how little regard Lizzo showed for the bodily autonomy of her employees and those around her, especially in the presence of many people whom she employed, according to the suit. 
Both Davis and Williams began performing with Lizzo after they participated on Watch Out for the Big Girls, the dance competition show the singer hosts for Amazon in 2021. Williams alleges that in April, she spoke up in a meeting where Lizzo accused dancers of drinking before performances, leading to a tense back and forth between them. The day prior, Lizzo told the dancers that they would have to audition again, according to the suit, leading to an excruciating, air quotes, 12-hour rehearsal in which Davis soiled her pants because she was too fearful of losing her job to use the bathroom. I ain't even done. I ain't even done. This is so... What what jumped out at you about what I said besides the launching dildos out of your vagina that just never thought I'd say that on the pillow talk? And I apologize <laughs> to anybody if you got your kids watching. Just forgive me for saying that. I did, but it's in the article. I gotta go ahead, baby. I'm sorry. It, it just seems like there's so many people along the way that was witness to this craziness. No one pulled the plug. No one spoke up. No one said, "Hey," because she was on tour a long time ago. Right? Was it last summer or summer before last? So this is now starting to trickle out. You know, there's got to be some people who along the way have some receipts and some evidence to say, listen, I think you're going too far, Lizzo. Like someone has to say, we're not going to, I'm a professional. I mean, you don't want your name soiled. You don't want your name soiled in the industry. Why are you going to say soiled? Pot <laughs> intended, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's um I think That's it's crazy. I th- I think, you know, I think it's crazy, but and the thing is the the if Lizzo were my daughter, she's young enough to be my daughter. So I would give if I was give if she were one of my girls and I was giving her advice, I would say, you know, do what you gotta do, do what you wanna do. But I would say you must be really careful living that kind of life in a in a space where money is being made. And you live in the age of Me Too, right? In the age of Me Too, you cannot um, just let things get out of control like that. Because then what happens is you come back, people circle back with lawsuits and everything else. And, and what people that really push the Me Too movement hard don't understand is that eventually what goes around comes around. It's it, it's not a stretch before we get to the point where all this stuff that's seen as like body positivity and women's liberation when it comes to sex, sexuality is going to start getting called out. You know, there are going to be men that are going to, there was, in fact, there was a black man who uh, filed a uh, harassment suit against the white lady he worked with because she kept talking about his, his, you know, his big swing and whatever. And, um, and, and the truth of the matter is that that lawsuit would never would, I don't think it would have been filed 15, 20 years ago, you know? So, um, so I, I kind of think I'm trying to figure out like where, it's almost like you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of how you have rappers that will call call them call black people the N word all day long, um, rap all day about killing black people, and then will run out and scream Black Lives Matter and get offended when a cop shoots a black man. It's like you can't live in both worlds. You have to make a decision, you know. And I think that in the Lizzo thing, it seems that they're not making a decision. They're sort of taking um, almost like taking the fact that sometimes when you're in that victim box right you kind of lose accountability and the loss of accountability says yeah i can run around and do this and do that and act a fool or whatever and if something goes down i'm not going to be the perpetrator i'm going to be the victim but lizzo's not a victim lizzo is a boss lizzo is a multi-million dollar brand so lizzo is has become you know she's in a space where it's now you can't look around and blame men for 
uh, you know, harassment and the, the oppression of women and the mistreatment of women. No, they're going to blame you because you're you're the most uh, traditionally masculine figure in the space, not in the not in the uh, sexual sense, per se, but in the sense of pow- the power dynamic. You are the big kahuna. You are the man. So so when people are in that space, so here's what can happen. I've, and I've seen this happen. I mean, you know, and I that, that part of me kind of empathizes with Lizzo because I've seen scenarios where uh, you, you know, you, you fire somebody maybe because they just suck at their job and then they go and they create a whole different narrative. I, I, I I've had to deal with this. Right. And I don't care. I mean, so like whatever I tell people, like, say what you want to say. You know what happened and I know what happened, but 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 people are going to use whatever leverage they can. And so it's not inconceivable that they just got fired for something else. And they said, oh, but let's go ahead and check some boxes so we can go in here and do some damage. And I, and I think that they're succeeding at this. And I think Lizzo left herself open by having such a free for all at her concert. It might be fun in the moment, but when you're talking about a space where there's lots of money, lots of legality, uh, et cetera. It's not going to be so much fun when somebody's filing a hundred million dollar lawsuit on you. What do you think? You're a leader. When you when when you're, I mean, just like your convention, just like people who are putting on big things, a tour. You know, Beyonce's touring right now. She's the leader of this group. You know, and it's going to be a great tour and a great experience for the people involved in it and for the audience member when you can lead that group properly. And that means that everybody who works for you needs to feel safe. And feeling safe doesn't mean that you can't talk to them about concerns that you may have with them. You know, feeling safe is having open lines of communication. And I have a hunch that maybe these people felt didn't feel safe enough to talk to Lizzo about the concerns that they had because she seems like she was a little out of control, you know. So I think when you when you're running a business, you you need to be mature. And I mean, emotionally mature person where, yeah, you're a good artist, but the business side of what you're doing, you need to make sure, number one, you leave it in capable hands. And number two, you're professional. You know, you you come in and you say, listen, we're going to have a good time. I want everybody to feel safe, to express themselves to get out and have a good time, you know? And and that's what we want as audience members. I want people to get on that stage and look like they're having the time of their lives, not look afraid and worried and concerned about their job and doing the wrong thing and being scrutinized. You know, when you're scrutinized as an artist, that kills the creativity. And Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a lesson for, you know, all of us to, to be in a, when you're in a leadership position, and even when you're, you're always in a leadership position, even if you have people you report to or people under you, you're always put in this leadership position to uphold yourself in the way where you have some dignity, integrity, compassion, and love for what you do and, and the art you're creating. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, you know, absolutely. I, I kind of feel like it's, um, you know, it's when I see lawsuits, I see it as he say, she say, honestly, I, I and, yeah. and really, a, a, really a wealth lesson that everybody needs to um, needs to sort of carry away with this is, you know, when you start when you start making lots of money, people are going to look for ways to try to take it. So, you know, Will Smith, Will Smith said that he keeps eight lawyers on retainer. And that's even before he started going up on stage, slapping people. 
uh, you know, and, uh, and he says he has the lawyers on retainer because people just sue him all the time for any reason. You know, you looked at me funny. You stepped on my toe. You know, you you told you 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 screamed at my dog and now my dog is traumatized, you know. So ultimately, you know, I would encourage everybody to kind of understand that, that an attorney is their job is to make money and get money for their clients. And uh, and, and and so when they write the lawsuit, they're going to make it look as terrible as possible because they know that the public figure's vulnerability is we can try to destroy your reputation because we know people are going to just believe things because you're accused. The case with Lizzo is interesting to me because typically it's a man who's having his reputation destroyed by people that, you know, that he once helped. Remember, these women had no career before uh, before they were on Lizzo's show. Lizzo is responsible for them even having the platform that they have. And uh, and so she probably feels betrayed and angry and upset. But at the same time, though, uh, you know, one of the things that that I that I definitely learned over time is when I elevate when I elevate somebody, you know, I'm giving them a lot of power and it's almost like giving them a gun that they can turn around and use to shoot you with. And one thing I learned the hard way is not to give the gun to people who just are going to shoot you for any reason. It'd be one thing if they shot you because you really did something terrible, malicious. It's another thing if they just are the kind of person who would shoot you because you had to cut ties with them, you know, and that that's the hard part. So so it's no different from a relationship. You know, I tell guys all the time, you know, you might be running around here, you know, just sleeping with women or whatever, breaking hearts and not even thinking about the women you're engaging with. But at some point, if you are messing around with enough women or the same thing could be true for, on the, uh, for the other gender, too. But if you mess with enough women, eventually you're going to run into one who starts singing that Jennifer Hudson song from Dreamgirls. No, 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 no way. I'm living without you. <laughs> I'm staying. I'm staying. Men hate that song. <laughs> that, well, you know, that Every song man is- I know when they hear that song, they're like, oh my God, that <laughs> that is not no one ever that's, singing that song. That's a scary ass song. That's a su- that's a murder suicide song. That's what needs to be. It needs to be called the murder suicide song because you know, because it's scary as hell. You know, when somebody refuses to let go of the relationship, but you got to think about it, right? <clears throat> you're a dancer and you're a big girl at the same time, which probably means you're not getting tons of dance opportunities. Let's just be honest. Even though, you know, yeah. shout out to shout out to the big girl dancers, though. I mean, they, they're good. They're damn they good. They are awesome. Yeah, you're right. And so, <clears throat> so you get on the show and Lizzo, who is kind of the icon of this space. I mean, she is the it girl, it woman, it person of that space. So she co-signs you and gives you an opportunity. That's amazing, you know. And then and then she, then Lizzo decides, oh no, I want to part ways. I'm kind of done with you. Well, you know, there's some people that are going to be hurt by that. And a lot of times, what what I will say, and, and this is for anybody that's in business or trying to do something big, typically the people that hurt you the most are going to be the people that are the closest. It's not going to be a stranger. Strangers, uh, you know, I know that in my space, strangers have a hard time getting close to me. It's actually the people that are right in my camp that I have, that you have to be kind of thoughtful about. And it's funny, uh, my father, who is another traumatized Vietnam veteran, who's, but he's a cop and he's very aware. His awareness is on 12. One thing he used to say to me is you got to keep your enemies close and your friends closer. And I said, wait, don't you mean keep your friends close and your enemies closer? He said, no. He said, because it's your friends. It's always your friends that do you. Your enemies can't do you because you see the enemy coming. But your friend, you know, um, and I've seen that happen. I saw I saw this. Um, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking. because I'm going to let you talk because you know me. I start going down my little uh, my little pathway. But I, I watched this one thing where this uh, mafia boss was mentoring this young kid. 
and the kid got really close to him and they were really, you know, and he got really comfortable. And one day the kid just gets really pissed off and, and he violates the rule of, of that, of the mafia, which is you don't, you know, cuss out and, and humiliate a boss. And he gets really mad. And he just goes off on the boss in public and just yells and screams at him, whatever. And then the ball and the boss said nothing. He just walked away. And that's when everybody knew that he was a dead man walking. Everybody knew at that moment that somebody's going to come get him. So this kid goes off and he's scared to death about what he did. He's hiding in his apartment. He's not letting anybody in. He's on. He's all. He's got his head on a swivel. Well, guess what? They so they 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 what they did was they got two of his best friends, the only two people on the earth that he trusted, and they got him them to come to the door and he let them in. And they said, "Hey, can you get us a beer?" And when he turned to get, get the beer out of the fridge, they shot him in the back of the head. His best friend was the person that pulled that trigger, you know. And so ultimately, uh, I'm not saying this happens to everybody, right? Uh, but I think just for learning purposes. I think that in terms of Lizzo, one of the things I would have said to her, if again, if she were my daughter, is I'd say, you know, you let y'all out here wilding out. And, and a lot of things are happening on this tour that could easily turn into a sexual harassment suit. I used to, there's a young rapper uh, that I mentor. I won't say his name, but but at his concerts, it would be naked women everywhere, all kinds of craziness, liquor, sex, drugs, just all kinds of stuff. And I remember saying to him, I said, you know, in your space, all that looks normal because that's the space that you created. That's the space you all control. But if something happens in that space or if somebody wants to tell a story about something that happened in that space, regular people aren't going to be able to relate to that. And they're going to say, wait a minute, you, you touched her, her body against her permission. Even if everybody else was slapping ass and it was just kind of the norm, it doesn't matter if you become if you're big they can still sue you. You know, it's almost like when Cosby gets sued for things that happened in the Playboy Mansion. Well, the Playboy Mansion was a wild place. Lots of things happened there. But when regular people are hearing these stories, they're just not going to get it. So you just have to be thoughtful about the environments that you go into. And that's probably what I would say to Lizzo. And I think what's interesting here is that it's a woman being sued for being the so-called abuser as opposed to the man. I, I haven't seen a lot of that. What do you think? Yeah, maybe I'm just naive. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to enter into this world concerned about whether someone's going to do me in or thinking about who I need to bring close and who I don't need to bring close. I don't have a lot of close people anyway, but the people who I do have close that are close to me, I totally trust them or they would never be close to me. Like I wouldn't keep my enemies anywhere near me. And I don't want to live my life like that. I want to live my life authentically um, with complete transparency as much as that's in, uh, appropriate enough. And, and that's just something that I've decided. Are there consequences to that naivety, naivety <laughs> that I'm talking about? There could be, you know, but I'm willing to live with whatever the consequences are because I want to live in my truth. You know, the mm. things that are true and real to me, that's what you're going to get at all times. You're going to get all of those aspects of me at any given moment, but it's going to be true to my core. And um, whatever the consequences are of that, I'm willing to take it. So, mm. you know, Lizzo was a freak. She better own it. She's owned it. She's never said, look at her TikToks. Look at all of her songs and the things that she's about. She never was about purity, like her music and nothing. She was about body positivity. She was. She was about liberating the 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 mammy stereotype she was liberating the mammy the mammy stereotype and the and the um 
let's see, the horror stereotype together. That's what she was living. She was living in that and that was true to who she was because that's all you saw that she put out there. That's her authentic self. So yeah, that's what you're going to get on tour. It makes sense well, to me, right? Well, I want to talk about some of those stereotypes of Black women, right? And, and really, it's interesting to me. What's confusing to me is that if you talk about body positivity, I don't see a lot of positivity with some of the imagery that's coming out in the music. Um, in my view, body positivity will be linked to, in my view, valuing the, the human body, valuing women, no matter what they look like, no matter who they are, where they come from, just valuing, uh, you know, the fact that your body is that vessel that creates human life. That's an amazing thing. That's a miracle. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and so to me, when you're cheapening that thing, when you're taking, you know, a, a world-class, you know, million dollar diamond and you cheapen it to a cheap, dirty little piece of cubic zirconia, you commodify it into the point where it's, you know, not worth more than a bag of Cheetos and a, and a ho-ho. Um, I'm not really sure how positive that is, right? I don't know uh, how positive it is to have little girls saying, okay, I see Cardi B. Cardi B saying I can get money if I sell my, you know what? She brings on Suki Hana, another rapper who uh, was taking pictures with Umar Johnson the other day, which we haven't talked about that. That was weird. And um, and I guess she's another conscious stripper. I have no idea. But literally Suki Hana, her latest song was telling women if you if you need to pay the rent, you should sell your you sell your body, sell your coochie, you know. And um, and so uh, so when you talk about these stereotypes, you, you mentioned uh, that these are long held stereotypes of the black woman. The whole world thinks the black woman is worthless. Right. The whole world thinks this. And, and the fact that we're supporting this imagery, I think, is a problem. You know, you, you talk about the gold digger stereotypes. Uh, these have been around for a long time. Right. Uh, you talked about the sapphire. Uh, the angry black woman, right? That's the sapphire, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you have, you know, the, the over-sexualization of black women and just all this imagery that's constantly thrown out there. And I just I just think it makes me sad because uh, when I look at Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift made a billion dollars on her tour. Taylor Swift made a billion dollars on her tour. You don't see Taylor Swift doing none of that Cardi B stuff. You don't see her doing no Megan Thee Stallion stuff. You don't see Taylor Swift doing any other Lizzo stuff. She ain't got to play the flute while twerking and, and simulate sucking a man's, you know what? Taylor Swift just gets up there and does what a performer does, which is dance. You know, why is it wrong? Y'all, I don't know. What do y'all think? I mean, do you think it's crazy to say that? How come a black woman can't just get up there, do like India Ari, shout out to her and all the other artists that are similar. Akila Nihanda uh, is in that same tradition. We, we love Akila. She's with Rock Nation now. She's a friend of ours, <clears throat> you know. You know, what? why would they look at a woman like Akila and all the goodness that she brings to the world, all the high vibrational energy, all, uh, India Ari, why would they look at that and say, oh, that's not realistic or, oh, that's boring or, oh, we're not interested. We don't want to sign her. You know, I, I think that's one of the huge failings of capitalism because capitalism in its worst form will use racism as a way to make more money. Capitalism doesn't care about what's right or wrong. It cares about what's profitable. So BET for years was promoting things. And they, I still remember when R. Kelly, I called you, you and I were friends back then. I called you because R. Kelly um, had just, you know, that first tape had been released back when people, when half the public still thought that he was a good guy, and, you know. And, um, and I remember BET was one of the first networks to fully embrace R. Kelly and bring him back into the mainstream. And I said, that's a huge mistake, you know, and I'm hoping one day, people come and deal with that. And they did about 15 years later, 
Uh, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I think I've talked about it before, but um, when I look at those stereotypes, I don't see liberation. I see oppression. You know, and what happens if you step outside of those stereotypes? You get silenced, which is which is oppressive. I mean, yeah, maybe I could write a song about sexuality, but I, can I also write a song about you know something beautiful that happened to me? <laughs> like. We're human beings. We have it all a big range of experiences from which we can share our gifts and talents. And how awful is it when you're just reduced down to four stereotypes? That's, that's, that's all you see yourself as. That's all you internalize yourself as. That's the only thing that's getting attention. That's it. And, and, yeah. and, and it just, it reduces you down to an object. And you wonder why women are violated so much in our society, Black women in particular. It has to do with you're not a complete whole person. You're you're just a a, a stereotype, which is a lie. You mm -hmm. know, a, a lie. You you the world. It sounds like from when you're in where are you in Iceland? I can't remember where you are. You're in Iceland. Right, Reykjavik, Iceland. Yes. Yeah, that is oppressive to hear that my image of people who are important to me and people in my community who are important to me were only being seen across the world within these four stereotypes. And black men have their own stereotypes too that they have to deal with. So it, you know, it's not that I care how other people see me. You know, I don't really care. I know who and what I am. Um, but I want to, you know, when I go out into this world, I know just going out into it that I'm going to be before people can see who I am as Alicia, they're going to all of a sudden think, OK, is she one of those or is she that way? And all of my behaviors and my actions could be interpreted in this way because they don't see me any other way. There's no range of views of which to see me other than the whore, the mammy, the sapphire and just getting money gold digger mm. I, don't, I don't blame them mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody everybody who just came in uh you're watching pillow talk with dr boyce and dr alicia watkins my name is dr boyce watkins and uh if you want to know what topic we're discussing we're actually talking about uh the use of racial stereotypes uh in in terms of uh this lawsuit we started off talking about this big lawsuit with lizzo uh, Lizzo's being sued by three former dancers who claim that uh, who are making interesting claims of racial and religious harassment as well as sexual harassment. Uh, if you could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you have not done that yet. Also, Dr. Alicia is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work. And you can actually check out her website uh, at coachingwithdralicia.com if you want to see what she does. And also, Dr. Alicia is going to be hosting a retreat soon, uh, a virtual retreat. Uh, for those of you that want to heal, uh, I think that healing, I think you need a doctor to get healing. I don't think you want to try to do it by yourself. There's a lot of pain out here. There's a lot of sadness, discomfort. So she's significantly reduced the price of the retreat for those of you that are on this podcast. So if you'd like to join her for this virtual retreat, uh, just go to DrAliciaWellness.com and, uh, and, and you can join. So uh, feel free to go to DrAliciaWellness.com if you are looking for healing, if you're looking for professional help. You know, one thing I'll say is, you know, when I look at, when I see Lizzo and I see Lizzo on one hand, you know, sort of taking this very strong, ferocious 
disposition. Like, look at me. I am woman. Hear me roar and body positivity, everything else. Then the next minute I see her on TikTok crying because of the pain that she's in. Um, that to me just kind of honestly, it's it screams mental illness. It screams that maybe her mental health is not what it's supposed to be. And I and I read her bio back when back when the white media was trying to grill me, claiming that I hate black women because I I simply said I don't know if promoting obesity is good for black people, especially given that you that the number one cause of death during the pandemic was was obesity, right? Given like so so they they claim they, they want to give you shots that they claim will help you live. Well, I say how about we help people get healthy and that'll help more people live. But anyway, but that's beside the point. But I remember I read her bio to try to understand her experience. And, and what I saw was pain. I just saw pain, pain, pain. Uh, and so what do you think? Like, what did, I, I found tremendous benefit from working with a therapist. I work with my therapist every Thursday. I've also read things. In fact, I read some stuff. I'm going to share this with you all, actually. I put some stuff on my Twitter. My Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins 1. And I literally put uh, five steps to emotional, was it emo, not emotional maturity, but uh, uh, what was it? Emotional um, intelligence. The five components of emotional intelligence, uh, and uh, and I, I share that my Twitter is Doctor Boyce Watkins one. But but what do you think, babe? I mean, you know, if Lizzo was your client and she came into your office, what would you? How would you start that conversation? Um, well, I'm certain she would want to talk about the lawsuit, and you know, I would of course always process it with her, and. You know, I don't I don't know if I want to open Pandora's box and talk about all of the different painful things that's happened to her. Um, I would probably as much as I can stay in the moment of what she's going through now and what it reminds her of. Maybe if it comes up, you know, I would talk to her about, um, you know, how is it that she feels like she needs to um, demonstrate who she is in that way, express herself in that way? What is it about her? that makes her um, act this way on tour toward people who are trusting her. I mean, when you hire somebody and they come with you on tour, they're there to help you. You know, they're there to benefit you and they're there and her music is beautiful sometimes. It's not, not all of Lizzo's music is ratchet. You know, some of her music is pretty, can be pretty positive in, in some ways, liberating. And you have a whole team of people who are helping you become and to show your greatness. And, and you take that opportunity and, and that power that you have and you misuse that power in a way that was threatening to other people. You know, what happened that you didn't connect with everybody? The best thing you could do is talk to your team and connect with them and say, how, how, what was this like? What was this experience like for you on the team? And guess what? Everybody on that team is going to walk away from that tour sharing a beautiful story about being on tour with you. I mean, you're just giving love and light to the rest of the world. And, you know, and I would, you know, what is your purpose in life? What's your covenant? And in my retreat um, on day two, we're going to be talking about who and what you are and what are some guidelines and and uh, covenant and things that are important to you. How do you define those things for yourself? And what happens when you step outside of who you think you are? You know, and, and a lot of that happens because of triggers, right? You're triggered by something and you step outside of the, you don't do, you don't uphold the principles that you think is near and dear to your heart because you're in a triggered state. And then how are you gonna come back to that when it happens and, and repair some of the relationships that got, beaten up along the way, <laughs> you know? So those are the things that we're gonna talk about. And those were some of the things that I'm gonna talk, I would talk about with Lizzo 
if she was ever in my office, she can she can hit me up if she wants to. <laughs> I'd be happy to talk to her. But you know, and this is a process that all of us need to learn from. I mean, all of us have done things. We're all not perfect. All yeah. of us have done things. It doesn't mean it has to turn into a lawsuit, you know. <laughs> but there's right. people who are very close to you, who you love, and you know, they get to see a side of you that's not so perfect. It's not so great. And what do you do to better yourself to make sure that you're showing up for the people who who you love, who love you, who holding you up? You know, what do you do to keep those relationships strong? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one thing, one point I want to make on this, everybody, and, and this is something um, just so y'all know, you know, I know when the media kind of uh, tried to go go at me because Lizzo didn't take well to uh, the remark I made about the promotion of obesity and the unhealthiness of it all. Um, I, I just so you know, I, I didn't change my position, not one bit. Um, I fully explained it. I, I made it 100 percent clear. And I know I know I, I even just so you know about my life, I, I, I had a speaking engagement and I'll tell you, um, it was with the A.G. Gaston Society in Birmingham, Alabama. And my speaking fee at the time, it was ten thousand dollars and the speech got canceled. And I still said, I'm sorry, I, I don't care, you know, because uh, I stand by every single thing that I say and I don't care if it's popular or not. It's, I felt like it was correct. And one thing that I did mention is that you know it's it, it's very strange and hypocritical that during the pandemic they were telling they were telling everybody that black lives matter and how important it is to you know go get this shot or whatever they, they were telling you to do uh which by the way just made companies like pfizer and all those other companies very very rich i'm not saying that's bad or good i'm not judging the decision you made but i just saw today that pfizer they're they're struggling right now. They're concerned because their earnings, their corporate earnings, were not what they were expected to be. So, so their stock price dropped. You, do you know what they cited as as the reason for the decline? They said that their blockbuster hit, or they used terms like that, like it was a big movie. The the the, the shot during the the pandemic shot. That's what I'm gonna call it. I'm not gonna use the c word, but literally they said they don't have a replacement for that. They they were concerned because they said we you know we put out the shot then we put out extra medications that's the thing about capitalism these corporations are under pressure to keep the party going so they're like okay we got you the jab now you need a booster everybody needs a booster right and I'm not saying that you don't I'm not saying that you're wrong to get one it's up to you to make that decision but I'm telling you that there are faulty incentives behind them promoting this sort of thing right and you should be concerned about that now the thing with Lizzo is that's interesting to me is that. They want you unhealthy. They want you unhealthy. Well, why do I say that? Well, because why? If you if you didn't want people unhealthy, why would you get so upset when somebody says, "Hey, we should, we, we need to be healthy. We shouldn't go around telling people that obesity is a good thing." It doesn't mean that it's a. It's, it doesn't mean that we hate you. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means that it could cause you some health implications later. And you saw that happen during the pandemic. The people that uh, ended up getting taken down by the Rona. Uh, tend to be to be people that had these other complications that come with obesity. In fact, if I was to read to you all the leading causes of death of black people, let me read them to you. This is according to the CDC. Uh, heart disease is number one, definitely linked to obesity. Uh, cancer, uh, unintentional, everything that they feed you is giving you cancer nowadays. Unintentional injuries, I guess maybe car crashes, things like that. Number four is homicide. So we got to address all these this killing in our community. Stop. I, I have a, I just think it's so crazy to me that we, we act like black on black crime does not exist because the politicians tell us that it doesn't exist. 
white people, white liberals say, don't talk about it because it's not a real thing because white people kill white people too. I get all that. But if that were the case, then then white people, their homicide would be number five on their list too. But it's not. I don't even know if homicide is in the top 10 for white people. I got I to gotta confirm that though. I got to double check that. But let me see here. I'm going to look this up. Top 10 causes of death for white people. I just I just googled it right so I don't, among whites okay they said among whites not white people uh so here here are the top ten causes of death for white people y'all y'all ready y'all want me to read this to you uh, all right so here is the list this is also from the CDC um, heart disease is this is non Hispanic white now it says male but you know so we'll extrapolate from that maybe find females somewhere somewhere I don't think women are running around shooting each other down. Um, heart disease is number one, cancer is number two, uh, unintentional injuries are number three, chronic lower respiratory diseases is number four. Now, if you remember for black people, number four was homicide. So for white folks, uh, it's chronic respiratory diseases that replaces homicide. Number five is stroke. Six is Alzheimer's. Seven is diabetes. Now eight is suicide, but not homicide. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. Next nine is is the flu and pneumonia. Number ten is chronic liver disease. So so what what I'm saying is I think it's really interesting that I think I I really am convinced and I don't want to make this a political conversation, but I'm thinking on processes as I, as I read this. White liberals are just as oppressive to black people as Republicans are. It's it's very oppressive because what they do is they shape the context within which you're allowed to have certain conversations. They, they, they tell you, yeah, black lives matter, but you can only talk about black lives in this context. You can't talk about homicide. You can't because black on black crime is not real. You can't talk about obesity because we love Lizzo. All of us white people love to see uh, black people on stage uh, making a fool out of themselves, simulating, you know, sucking, sucking a penis, whatever they, they do. Uh, we love to see black men on stage rapping about killing black people. Give me a yes if you understand where I'm coming from. I hope everybody gets this. They We love because it's entertaining for us. We don't want to address that. That's off limits. And and we'll go after any black man who speaks up on this or any black woman who speaks up. So we'll go after the India Aries who speak up against the Megans or speak up against or challenge. Not I don't speak up against. She challenges the Megans and, and the others, right? So we're gonna go, we're gonna uh, we're gonna cancel the India Aries, we're gonna cancel the Boyce Watkinses, the people that really care about what's happening in the community, so that we can elevate. The Megans and the Lizzo's and the Cardi's and the and the and the the gangster rapper, because we fundamentally dislike black people. We fundamentally believe that y'all are a bunch of low class, trashy, worthless people who really need to be dead anyway. And the only extent to which we're going to manage your your slow and inevitable destruction uh, is 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 due to the fact that we can extract something from it. We can make money from it. We can get votes from it. Uh, we can get all kinds of, of of white supremacist goodwill from it. But I'm telling you, black people, if you really want to have a healthy life, you got to break away from all of that. I'm done. Yeah. Just, What's the top four for black? You said four was homicide. What was three? The, the top uh, three. The top actually for, was hard. for, for white uh-huh. non-Hispanic males. It looked like the top three might have been the same. Uh, okay. Let's see. For, for white Except males, homicide. heart uh-huh. disease, cancer, unintentional injuries. Uh, for black people, it was um, oh, this is for black males. Sorry, heart disease, cancer, unintentional injuries. Then the, it, it starts to split up at number four. Number four okay. for black is homicide. Number five is stroke. Number six is diabetes. Again, all this linking back to obesity. 
Um, now, for non-Hispanic white males, it's number four, five, and six are chronic lower respiratory diseases, stroke, and Alzheimer's. So diabetes is number seven uh, for white males, but it's number six for black males. Uh, we've also got some other stuff on here that white people don't have, which is kidney disease and septicemia, as well as hypertension. All these things are connected to obesity, y'all. All these things are connected. So, so I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. why, we have, why we're letting people out here promote this to us. Like that's a good thing. Like that's body positivity. Ain't nothing positive about having a body that is deteriorating at a very rapid pace. There's nothing body positive about dying at the age of 42. It's the unhealthy to heavy D. Go ahead. Shout out to heavy D. Yeah, it's the unhealthy lifestyle that's being promoted in our community. I mean, just the lifestyle is unhealthy. And I'm not even talking about just obesity and murder and all of that. I'm talking about how we treat each other. You know, it's so terrible that uh, there's so many different platforms, even the ones that aren't on mainstream, you know, media, just platforms that black people gravitate toward. It is, it's very, it's, it's devastating to see how black people treat each other publicly, you know, online is, it's, it's, I mean, we've internalized so, so much negativity about each other that we can't say anything positive or anything healthy about each other. I mean, it's just, it's like we, we're all as a group of people are just a big traumatized group of individuals. And we don't, we, we don't take it out on the actual people who oppressed us because we've been socialized not to. We take it out on each other and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's true. I mean, anybody who wants to see it, I mean, it, what it is, is it's it's the scarcity of opportunity. It's like, you know, um, it's like if you look on the Internet, for example, you see so many, so much crabs in a barrel stuff going on with like the Internet influencers yeah. kind of throwing, lobbing bombs at each other and attacking each other. And a lot of that is because these are people a lot of times that never had any power. They've never actually had, you know, resources before. So now they're fighting over scraps of money that might come from having a YouTube channel. They got a few views or whatever. And um, and they find that the beef is is profitable because people love to watch it. But it's 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 destructive to the spirit, you know. And um, and so ultimately, I would say that, you know, for for those that want to kind of elevate, I think when you get into a space where the energy becomes very toxic, I just encourage you to just get out of that space. You know, there's a young lady I mentor who has a family where they're always fighting. You know, somebody will stab you over twenty dollars. There's a lot of trauma, a lot of cussing, yelling, screaming every other day. I said, that's a lot of stress attached to that. Get away from that if you can. Just, just break away. Find a place of peace. Is that if you don't fix yourself, you can never get away from it. You can, you can get up and move. And guess what? Mm. It's gonna be a number but a bunch of fighting and stuff going on because that's chaos. (laughs) They'll be be fighting on the moon. The moon will get ghetto. It's just the chaos that's inside of you. Mm, You know, it it comes from the inside out. It doesn't go the other way. That's true. That's true. So there you go. So I guess it's almost like if you're in the mud and you're feeling muddy, you got to get out of the mud, but then you got to take a shower so that you don't take mud with you when you go into cleaner spaces. And no one can save you. I can't save you. I can't fix your trauma. Mm. I can give you the tools to fix your trauma. (laughs) But you have to do the work yourself. Doesn't matter how much we know it doesn't matter how much money you make or how much money you get. I mean, if you if you're in the mud and you make more money, it's just gonna be more mud. 
Money mm. can't save you. Uh, mm. Your daddy can't save you. Your mama can't save No one can save you. have to save yourself. Mm. I'm going to ask you, uh, as we finish up this conversation, um, I'm going to ask everybody a question. Give me a yes or no in the chat. And please hit the thumbs up button, by the way. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. This is my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins. Uh, we believe in things like black family, black love, black intelligence, uh, and the possibility of, of what we can do when we um, make good choices and work together. Uh, anyway, um, how many of you feel like you've experienced some type of trauma? And I'm going to define trauma. I know my wife can define it. I know you're a specialist at it. But I, I looked up the definition of trauma. Um, the definition of trauma is the simple definition is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. That's how they define it here. When I first looked it up uh, is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. They said the three types of trauma are acute trauma. that re and Give me a yes in the chat if you feel like you've experienced any of this. Give me a yes if you feel that you've gone through some type of trauma. Uh, acute trauma results from a single incident. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged uh, exposure, such as domestic violence or abuse. Give me a yes if you've gone through any of these things. Complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. Uh, to give you one little piece of, or definition of trauma, uh, it also says here, give me a yes if you've gone through this. It says trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships and even physical symptoms like headache or nausea. Has anybody anybody felt some of that? Um, so I'm going to let my wife take over because I know you're a specialist in trauma. Uh, but I'll, I'll share a, a quick story. Um, my goddaughter's with me here in uh, in Iceland, and she was telling a story about when she was a little girl in Chicago, about maybe 12 years old. She was with her little sister, and she was walking down the street in the west side of Chicago, and a black man came up and put a gun to her sister's back and said, don't turn around or I'm going to shoot your sister. And uh, and so uh, he she didn't turn around, and she was in shock, and she... Um, he he ripped the necklace off her neck and and they they ran home after it was over with and and after that they still had to walk past the spot where they got robbed like every day going to school and as she was telling the story she started to cry she started crying because of how scared she was and how it affects things to this day and that and then that and that's when I thought about the trauma you know so so tell me based on what i just read uh you're an expert on trauma i'm not uh, what what more should we add to that to really understand what trauma does to us and, and how to kind of deal with that? Well, the thing is, is that you have an incident like that happening in your neighborhood. And if you don't have a nice, safe place to go home to, of which somebody cares and, and is concerned about you so that you can talk about it, that's when it really becomes totally traumatic, you know, because bad things happen to us all the time. And it affects everybody differently based on your support system, the people around you who are who love you. If you if you're going home to a loving home where you can sit and talk to somebody about you, I can't believe this happened to me. And someone who has a listening ear and concern for you and can hug you and give you tissue and process the whole thing with you, then it won't carry with you as deeply as it would for somebody who had nobody to go home and talk to. 
you know, it stays buried within you. And so that's when it really becomes complex, you know, when things happen to you and you don't have any anybody, the person, the people who are supposed to take care of you aren't taking care of you. So, you know, that's what makes it very difficult. It makes you makes it difficult for you to trust people, it makes it difficult for you to trust yourself. It makes it difficult for you to have, um, yeah, you have flashbacks. That's PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of people are walking around with PTSD and you hear, you know, 4th of July, you hear fireworks. And for a lot of people, that's a very stressful time for them. Not for others, but for some people, it could be. It could, it could be reminding of them of the war or reminding of them of being in unsafe neighborhoods. You know, you never know what people are going through. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, um, I'll tell you, and I'm looking at some of your comments. I think somebody asked, do you ever discuss black male trauma? Yeah. I mean, you you, you in your practice, you you met with a lot of black males and yeah. a lot of soldiers. You, you talk a lot about soldiers. And I, and I think I thought that was interesting because I know a lot of soldiers follow this platform. And you talked about a lot of the trauma that they went through that isn't really acknowledged the PTSD and how difficult it can be to kind of deal with that. So yeah, it affects males. And it, you can never even just being in the military is traumatic. You don't even have to be in combat. Mm. <laughs> you don't wow. have to be over there. Just being in the military is very stressful for people. Wow. Well, um, well, if uh, just so you know, Alicia does see clients individually and uh, also families. So if you have some things you're trying to work through, uh, you can reach out to her at coachingwithdralicia.com. That URL is on the screen. Also, if you want to heal and you want to go through her healing retreat online, uh, she's got a Reiki healer and some other people coming together, uh, some other professionals that you're working with, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you can go take a look at the retreat by going to dralishawellness.com. So uh, she's steeply discounted the price for those of you that want to come from this platform. So feel free. Uh, to go join, and I'm I'm gonna encourage everybody to do that healing because because you'll you'll be you would be you all would be shocked by how many great tools there are uh, that therapists have that can really help you process the world better. Um, it, you know, I've always been a person that was into mindset, you know, but after I kind of got exposed to more therapist stuff because my wife reads 22 books a year and tells me about a lot of them, um, you know, I I became intrigued myself. I researched these things, and I and so to give you kind of a parting gift today, something that's gonna make your life better, I hope. Um, I looked up maybe five five, st five steps to having uh, emotional intelligence, because one of the things I, I realized is that people who are able to manage their emotions properly, they tend to have better relationships. They tend to be healthier and happier. Uh, you can get through things a little bit better. Uh, you can deal with situations better. Right. So. Uh, so here we go. I put this on my Twitter page. I'm actually I'll share my screen so you guys can look at it on the screen and uh, feel free to write this down. I think it's worth. Uh, remembering this. So let me pull this up. It's, it's not called Twitter anymore. It's called X or whatever, but you know, still Twitter to me. Uh, the five rules of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, know yourself, understand your emotions and your reactions. Number two, self-regulation, control your impulses, manage and control your emotions. So there, there are breathing techniques and things like that that you can use so that you get in a fight with somebody you love, your cousin, your wife, or whatever, you can kind of calm yourself down have the awareness to know that you're you're elevated and then maybe step away for a little bit so you can kind of like come back and, and not say something you're going to regret or do something you're going to regret. Um, empathy. Understand others. Put yourselves in their shoes. 
This right there is going to make you different from probably 99% of all the Americans, right? Not 99%, but I'd say at least a good 60% because everybody thinks they're right. Everybody wants to fight Democrats, Republicans, everybody just alienates everybody and nobody has empathy for anybody that's different from them uh, or it doesn't happen as much anymore, in my opinion. Motivation, drive for success, find purpose and stay motivated. That's good for those of you that want to be successful. You know, figure out your why every single day. Uh, do things like the two minute rule. I, I, I read about that where they said that if you want to form a new habit, find the thing that you want to do and spend two minutes a day doing it. And I was like, why would you spend two minutes a day doing something? You can't get anything done in two minutes. But what it does is it creates a habit. It, it cements that in your brain. And then you can grow to five, 10, 20 minutes at, at, at that point. Number five is social skills. Connect with others, build strong relationships and communicate effectively. So um, I so, so I, I, I like this list because I like the idea of having the self-awareness, the knowledge of self. Um, I like the idea of self-regulation. You know, I, it, it's um, it's hard. It's so hard because you get so angry sometimes and you just want to react. And I still fight with that sometimes, you know, but but I think self-regulation just helps you avoid making big mistakes. Empathy is awesome because um, that's how, you know, I, I don't talk about it, but that's how I connected when I married Alicia and she had three kids that they were like, OK, who is this dude? I know my mama loves him, but I don't like the dude. I don't know this guy. You know, when I was trying to connect with him, I empathize. I, I watched him. I, I studied the things that they like to do, uh, what, whatever they were interested in. I became interested in it. And that allowed me to form a really healthy, strong connection with all the kids. And then uh, next social skills, uh, that ability to connect. I see that as being connected to the other things. Like if you're self-aware and you can self-regulate and you have empathy and, and that motivation piece, if you're a motivated, positive person that's beneficial to others around you you put the list tip- back put the list back I okay sorry about okay. that <laughs> no, no problem no problem yeah mm-hmm. i believe that you'll typically have better relationships like i think that people want to be around you if you are a self-aware emotionally regulated not some crazy person that might go off the handle and scare the hell out of everybody you know so you so you're you're self-aware you're self-regulated, this type of emotional discipline. You're empathetic. You want to hear people's stories. You want to connect to that. You're motivated. You're bringing positivity and energy and, and good stuff to the situation. People are going to want to be your friend. People are going to want to invite you to join the investment club. People are going to want to kick it with you and go to go to the club with you. People are going to want to date you. People are going to want to be around you, right? So so I encourage everybody. Uncle Boy, this is Uncle Boy's talking. I hope it's okay. I hope I'm not overstepping here, but I'm trying to help anybody that's listening. Uh, you know, focus on those things. And those are the, the things I've seen that will lead people to want to be around you. And when people, good people want to be around you, that makes it easier for you to do things like make money or accomplish a goal or raise kids or whatever, you know? So uh, that's my two cents on the issue. Uh, Alicia, you have something to say back? Yeah. I mean, all of the things in that list, those are the things that contribute to a loving home environment. Pull that list so we can see the first one, you know, and I think in order to have those things, no, (laughs) like I can't see number one, like, Oh, okay. Oh, number one. Okay. Scroll down. Got it. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like you have good self-awareness when you have your primary caregiver, you know, letting you know exactly who you are and giving you positive feedback about yourself because you know, understand your emotions and reactions. That's what happens when you're a baby and a toddler and you have, you know, loving individuals who are, who are raising you to be self-aware. Some of this stuff is, is embedded in you. This is all of the, all of those five things are what is required um, 
not only for you to have emotional intelligence, but for you to be a stable person is to have that self-awareness. Look at Lizzo. You know, where is her self-awareness? Did she not know she was injuring and hurting people's feelings? Did she not know that people were walking away from the experience with her feeling violated? That's when you don't have self-awareness. You don't understand that you've gone too far and you've overstepped your boundaries, right? Self-regulation. Yeah, but, I, I, but I, think, I think also, <clears throat> just out of fairness to her, um, it's still an allegation, right? It you is never an know. allegation. You know, it, it's 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 kind of one of those things where sometimes people get upset with each other and then they rewrite the story after it's over. And you're like, wait, it didn't happen that way. What are you doing? Right. So I'm not saying that it did or didn't happen. I'm just saying maybe we don't know. But that's a good point. If it's true, okay. though, you're 100 percent correct. And it's certainly possible. And also self-regulation. You're able to self-regulate when you grew up in a household where other people modeled excellent self-regulation for you you know like look at infants look at small children they cry and they don't know how to regulate and you as a parent need to go over pick up the child and hug them and hold them you regulate for them so that when they get up grow older they won't have self-regulation issues they're able to establish and maintain healthy relationships along the way Empathy, you only have empathy for others when people showed you empathy. <laughs> when people tried to understand you and they put themselves in your shoes, then you can go forward in your life with the ability to be empathetic to others because somebody was empathetic to you. Mm. Well, you know what? I love I mean, it. That's, I don't know what the other two, because I don't see, what is it, mindfulness? I don't know. Um, the other two, there's empathy. motivation. Yeah, I mean, having a positive home environment where people are encouraging you and supporting you, you go for it in life motivated. Social skills for sure is based on if your parent. I mean, research has shown if your parents has, if your parents have really good social skills, their children usually have really good social skills. You know, it's something that you learn. You learn mm. in your household. So a lot of it is just good home training. Good home training will make you, when you leave your household, able to process awful events. Because remember, pain, you can't control. But all of the things on that list, if you have all of those things connected, then you'll know how to deal with it. Because that's just, we signed up for pain just being born. Mm. It's going to be painful. Giving birth is painful. How about that? <laughs> you know, wow. that's a very painful experience. Well, you know, I tell you what, um, uh, what is painful is that we're going to have to go ahead and go. And uh, okay. we've spent one hour and 26 minutes and two seconds with you guys. I hope that this was a beneficial uh, conversation for everyone. Uh, Dr. Alicia, her website, if you want to find out more about what she does, uh, it's coachingwithdralicia.com. That's right there. And if you want to join her for the digital wellness retreat and get a special Dr. Boyce discount for being part of this <laughs> space where there's a lot of healing that's going to happen. It's digital. It's online. So you can do it all from the comfort of your home. Just go to DrAliciaWellness.com. Uh, that URL is on the screen. And I want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, if you could hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you have not done this yet. And uh, and I want to say thank you also to the moderators for protecting the channel, uh, protecting the space of intelligent black people. Um, our goal is to just you know create a space where we can be who we're supposed to be and not.
the you know whatever everybody else wants us to be so uh we're gonna keep on coming at it we're gonna keep on um uh connecting with you guys and also you can find us on spotify if you look up Boyce Watkins on Spotify. You can find us there. And also you can look up coaching uh, with Dr. Alicia on Instagram. She's also on the gram. So take care, everybody. Have a good night. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Peace.